Hello, Scaling Up Nation. Trace Blackmore here, the host of Scaling Up. And folks, this is the very first edition of our Pinks and Blues episode. You ask for an episode each and every week. So each and every other week, we are going to do an episode called Pinks and Blues. Of course, we did Pinks and Blues before. That's when you ask me your questions and I answer them on the air. And of course, you know the only way that this works is if you keep those questions coming. So please, even if you've submitted a question before, go to ScalingUpH2O.com. And you've got two ways to submit your questions. One, you can click on the right side of the web page. It works on your mobile device. It works on your desktop. It doesn't matter. And you can record a voicemail to me asking your question. That's way number one. Way number two is you can simply go to show ideas and write in your question. And that's exactly what these fine folks of the Scaling Up Nation have done. I've got three questions that I have selected from the Scaling Up mailbag that we are going to answer on today's Pinks and Blues episode. So our first question is, what is the small blue pill in the bottom of a Legionella sample bottle? So for those of you out there that have ever done a Legionella collection in a sample bottle, you have received a sample bottle that probably has a bunch of stickers on it. So you can write down exactly where that sample has been taken. And it also has a little blue pill in the bottom. Well, we all know what another little blue pill does. That is not this pill. Please do not try to use it for that purpose. I have a clean lyrics rating, so that is all I'm going to do as far as going into that. That blue pill is sodium thiosulfate. So what the heck does that little blue pill in the bottom of that Legionella sample bottle do? Well, the chemical name for that is sodium thiosulfate. And the purpose of that is to neutralize any oxidizer that you have in the system. So if you have some free chlorine in the system and you take that sample, that sodium thiosulfate will dissolve and it will neutralize that chlorine. Well, why does it do that? Well, think about it. What you're trying to do is get a sample that's representative of that system at that very moment in time. If you just fed biocide, i.e. oxidizer, in that system, well, now you have free oxidizer in that sample vial, and it will pretty much sterilize whatever is in that sample vial. Well, we don't want to do that. We want to make sure that we get a sample of what's in the system right then and there. And we do that by that little blue pill, neutralizing any extra oxidizer in the system. Thanks for that question. And now the next time you do Legionella sampling, you also know what that little blue pill in the bottom of the Legionella sample bottle does. A follow-up question that I received, if you lost the blue pill out of the Legionella sample bottle, can I still take the sample? Well, now knowing what you know, the answer is no, because you are not getting a representative sample from that system 
And essentially, you could have a positive result in the system right now, but because you fed oxidizer, it's now going to sterilize whatever is in that sample bottle. My second question is, I have a large territory that requires me to travel. On many days, I find myself traveling back to accounts that are in the beginning of my route to check for items I did a day or two before. What can I do to reduce that so I don't have to spend extra days on the road? Folks, this is the song of the water treater. We have a bunch of accounts that are outside of where we live, and we have to spend the night somewhere in order to service those. And of course, the ones that are the most furthest out are typically the ones that have the most problems. We make an adjustment. We're not sure if that adjustment was the best course of action or we want to go back and test it so we can maybe make an additional adjustment. And now we've just added a day or two to our travel schedule. So this listener asked, what can I do to reduce that? Well, the answer that I have, and I'm not being smart, I promise, is to simply prepare better. So if you are going to an account and you have not mentally serviced that account before you get out of your car, I don't think you've done your job properly. Everybody in the Scaling Up Nation knows that one of my favorite books is The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Habit two is begin with the end in mind. And simply what that means is we as humans have the ability to imagine ourselves doing something even though we have not done that thing yet. And every big thing that we do in life, we create first mentally before we actually produce physically. Look at how we build houses. We create a blueprint and then we build the house itself. So this is how I want you to apply that line of thinking to servicing. You've been to that account several times. So you can mentally walk through it with your eyes closed and pretend like you're servicing that account. You can then look back at all of your service reports and see the adjustments that you've made and how those adjustments have affected that system so you can actually think of what you need to do before you actually get there. Now, when you get there, your mind can't tell the difference that you service that three times in your head and you haven't serviced it at all physically your mind is going to think that you've actually serviced that account three times and you can use that to your advantage. Now, you're walking through for real now, but it's the fourth time or it's like the fourth time. And now you can see what is right and what is wrong based on how you service that account mentally. I promise you doing that will make you a better service technician and it will most definitely make you a faster service technician. Most people gain speed as a service technician as leaving things out. Folks, that's not what your job is. Your job is to make sure that you're ensuring that that water treatment system is the best it could be at that moment in time because you are there. And if you're cutting things out because you're running out of time, you're not doing your job. You get faster by getting better at the things that you need to do. And this is one technique for doing that. Another thing, if you are having to look at your test procedures in order to run your test, you don't know your tests well enough. 
get to the point where you can run your test as fast as you possibly can and still be accurate. If you're not accurate, it doesn't matter how fast you're running those tests. The whole point of the test is for you to make that system better while you're there. And those might be some things that you can do, not really answering your question, but those are some things that you can do to make yourself faster. So now to answer your question, if you're not spending all your time in your test kit, perhaps you can do some more things that will put out some of those issues before they even occur because you have more time to do them. So to recap, prepare better, mentally service the account, and make sure everything you do in your regular service, you're as efficient as you possibly can as you do that. And I'm willing to bet that all of the adjustments and changes and fires that happen on a regular basis will not be a regular basis now because you're going to be doing a better job in each and every one of those accounts. My last question comes from a listener who heard on a previous podcast episode that the AWT is no longer offering the CWT examination. There you go, Angela, I said examination at the end of technical training. So the question is, do I still need to come to technical training since they stopped administering the test after those functions? So what do you think I'm going to say to that, right? I'm one of the trainers. Of course, I'm going to say yes. And why do I say yes? Because you get to see me in person and I get to see you in person. So that, that's probably enough reason right there. But maybe you need a little bit more. So here you go. Technical training is really like drinking from a fire hose. And if you are studying for the certified water technologist designation, it is a great way for you to get in the mindset in order to take that test. Now, if this is the first time you've studied for the certified water technologist examination, I said test, didn't I? I'm sorry, Angela. It's just something I do. So if this is the first time that you've studied by going to the technical training, which what I mean is that's how you've studied, you haven't done anything else, then I wouldn't waste your time taking the examination. And you heard on the previous episode, and if you didn't, I'll go ahead and tell you anyway, that the pass-fail rate was more fail than pass when people took it in person, and it was more pass than fail when people took it at a remote testing center. I told you that a couple of the reasons I thought that was is, one, you get to wake up in your own bed. Two, you get to take it when you decide it's the best time for you to take it. And probably the best reason is you can mark answers that you don't know where you didn't have that ability before on the Scantron. You simply had to leave blanks. And Angela shared with us, she's pretty sure that people forgot to leave blanks. And number 14's answer was in number 13 spot. And it's a 200 question examination. And you can see how that fared for them. So you don't have that issue anymore. So what I would recommend is, yes, absolutely. And for you employers out there, if you are thinking that technical training is too much of an investment or you can't take your people out of the field that long, I want you to reconsider that because it is the only thing that I know of that will supercharge your people to do water treatment the right way and get them wanting to do it the right way. 
Now they're going to come back and hopefully they're going to inspire other people in your company to do some of the things that they learned. And it's a great springboard if you've been studying all along for them to then take the certified water technologist designation. So again, I never answer a question straight on. I always go about it from the scenic route. So my advice is yes, absolutely come to technical training. It's the best training that's out there for water treatment. And because of that, it's going to give you some extra confidence to go home and take the certified water technologist designation. Now, my last thought on that is I would schedule the examination before you come to technical training. I always advise people to work backwards from their goal. So I want to get my certified water technologist designation by a particular date. That's my date. Now, what are all the things that I need to do in order for that to happen? So if we take that same mindset to the examination, I want to take the examination two weeks after AWT's technical training. I'm going to go ahead and sign up for that. Then I'm going to go to technical training, but I've already got a study schedule before and after technical training. And then I'm simply going to take the examination. And folks, it's my hope that you pass it because you put all this work into it. The folks that put work into it, they do very well on the exam. The folks that just show up and take it or they just go to the technical training thinking that they're going to get taught the test. And by the way, they are not teaching the test. They're teaching you water treatment. And then what do you have to know to be a good water treatment where they're going to choose from a bank of 5,000 questions and then put those on your examination to see how good a water treater you are. So that I'm pretty sure answers the question. The answer is yes, I would come to technical training. Folks, again, very excited. This is the first questions only episode that we've had, our pinks and blues edition. So make sure you keep those questions and voicemails coming. And I can't wait to come at you next week on Scaling Up H2O.